Crabbing with Tia is ranked as one of Airbnb's top experiences in the world. Tia Clark says she's still surprised that she did not discover the mental and health benefits of catching crabs and shrimp and fish in the waters off her beloved Charleston, South Carolina, until about five years ago. She says her land-based experience will teach you everything you need to know from how to throw a cast net to how to catch crabs, how to clean fish and shrimp, and you will also learn a lot about yourself. Tia, it's Sunday in August in Charleston. Is it a good day to go crabbing? It's a great day to go crabbing. We just caught 30 crabs in two hours. Really? 30 in two hours? <laughs> Everybody wants my spot, but I tell you, it's not just my spot. It's just the seasons, just where they are. You know, we live in a beautiful and a special, special place. You know, our our we're blessed for the estuary that we have. There's so much life in the water around us, and you know, when we're crabbing, where I'm crabbing, we're crabbing in brackish water, so you kind of get the best of both worlds. You get a little fresh and salt. You know. Um, so you kind of never know what you're going to even pull up in the basket half the time. For someone who's landlocked or unfamiliar and listening to this, what is crabbing? We are crabbing for blue crabs, specifically here where we live. Um, for me, crabbing is a chance for you to connect with nature and a chance for you to connect with the food that you're eating. Um, but crabbing is, uh, we're taking chicken and putting it in baskets and we're also doing it uh, on hand lines where it's a two-person job and you hope that the crab attaches to this chicken that you kind of have on a string and then one person slowly pulling the chicken up and the other one comes in with the net and catches the crab before you get it out of the water um, but the other the easiest way in the way that all the kids love it are the drop baskets and it's just a bat uh, uh, it's a two-ring wire basket and we have uh, chicken zip tied to the center of it the crab once the basket hits the bottom the sides drop down and so it's like here's the crabs whirls in the water you know the bottom feeders you take something they want and you drop it right in their world and you just lower the sides and then crabs are coming in coming out and they're eating some chicken and then you come along and pull this basket and you capture this crab uh crabs the the scientific name for a crab is calinectus sapidus which means beautiful savory swimmer and there is nothing like either you catching it yourself and pulling up this big, beautiful crab or watching other people do it. It's, I don't care who it is. Like, I have to tell the guests to keep pulling the baskets every time because, you know, the crab's trying to get out of it. Uh -huh. But what happens every day is people pull these baskets up and here's this big crab and they just yell like, I got one. <laughs> Everything besides them stops with the basket. <laughs> so now the crab has the advantage to climb out. And I'm like, hurry up, get the crab up here. And it just freezes you. There's right. nothing like it, you know? Um, and I think even people get in their head what they think it's going to be like. But once they get there and the action starts, you really start pulling those crabs up. It's really cool to watch people kind of lose themselves in it. I think we sometimes take it for granted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I don't <laughs> because yeah. I just I caught my first crab five years ago, um, you know, but catching my first crab five years ago, 
makes me never want to take it for granted ever you know i mean there's no chance that i could like i grew up here and crabbing is just such a huge part of my culture my family like i ate crabs all the time right um once i started catching them it just kind of changed it for me and i don't know i guess maybe things started clicking in my head but um people absolutely take it for granted they're people they don't understand how special it is for anybody to be able to just capture something that you eat and learn about it but like go out and catch it yourself and then like feed yourself with it like it just there's there's something about that connection you know and for me that was everything that was the only thing i felt like that was missing that's what i got five years ago that makes me like that made me who i am today I want you to describe Tia Clark as a young girl growing up in Charleston. Who, if we met you at that time, who would we have met? You would have met a tomboy that grew up in Romney Village that walked up and down like Upper King Street who thought that she knew everything about <laughs> Charleston and was sassy. Um, let's see, what else? I mean, like a real tomboy. Like I, I was very active. Like I was a, I was a fun kid. But I mean, I was in the marching band. I was pitching for the softball team. I was playing basketball. So I always needed something to do. But uh, back in, if you had met me, you would have just met like some loner that kind of rolled around King Street. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I grew up in Romney Village and when I had two hours every day when my mom got off. So I used to just walk around King Street. But my family's roots come from Henrietta Street, which is deep down in Charleston. And everybody knew us because my family was so big so it's like even if i was like nine or ten and i'd walk into like you know the woolworth or store down on king street they would be like oh we know you i know who you are you're this person's niece or this person's granddaughter or this person's daughter like my family roots just went so so go so deep here in charleston that charleston used to be my playground so you would just see this tomboy girl kind of rolling around the streets <laughs> really kind of unassuming like really that was it tia who introduced you to crabbing my cousin demetrius hart uh we had a family wedding and um he invited me to go crabbing and i this was because i told him that a doctor i went through this health stuff and lost all this weight and this doctor wanted me to get active and he was like you should come crabbing with me and so he invited me to go crabbing and he, he, invited, he took me to uh, the Northbridge Park and he took me to the spot and he was telling me about it before we got there. And I'm just like, yeah, OK, whatever. It's like, all right, yeah, I'll go. Like, I'm just trying to do what the doctor wanted me to do, which was get active. And I didn't want to I didn't have time to go to a gym. I just really didn't want to go to sit inside a gym and get active, like riding a bike or doing something like that. And so he said, come out. And I'll teach you how to throw the cast net. So I get out there with him, and he starts teaching me how to throw the cast net. We put crab baskets in. He starts telling me what's happening. The first things we catch are blue crabs. And I'm like, dude, I cannot believe you're catching these crabs because I love crabs, you know? And I'm like, this is crazy. And I mean, like, my head is, like, exploding next <laughs> to the water. I'm, bl I'm blown away by what is happening next to the water. Also... Mm -hmm because I thought I knew everything about Charleston. <laughs> so I was like, how are you showing me something that I don't know? I was having all these different emotions. So we catch him in the crab. Then he goes, I'm gonna teach you how to throw this cast net. And he has this big seven foot cast net and he starts throwing it. And I'm like, that's cool, but it looks intimidating. 
And then I'm like, he teaches me how to throw it, and I start mastering this throw. And he's like, you're really good at that. He was like, keep throwing it, keep throwing it. You're good, just keep throwing. So I, I'm throwing a net. Then we're catching, like, bait fish. Then all of a sudden, we're catching shrimp. And I just remember, I'm like, dude, Michi, I was like, are you serious right now? Like, we catching all this stuff. And I was like, I'm in my head, I'm going through all this emotions, like, I can't believe we're catching this. And then I'm, then the next emotion is, wait till I tell my mama. I'm like, she's going to want shrimp. Like, instantly, I'm thinking of all the family I can start feeding now that I know that I can do this. And Michi's just laughing at me, and he's like, yeah, like, this is what we do, and I've been doing this for so long. And he's like, where do you think this comes from? His granddad was the fisherman in our family, so he was like, no. He was like, I, he was like, my granddad used to take the fish to Granny. Like, you remember going to Granny's house, and she would have this fish. Well, this is where she got it from, and this is where he got it from. And I'm just like, I mean, like, almost like hand on head. Like, this is too much, like, overload, like, next to the water. <laughs> but, like, a good thing. And then we're done. I mean, we got crabs. We got, I had shrimp. He taught me how to clean the shrimp by popping the head off. I mean, it was just like an overload of all the good stuff there. And I, but I was losing my mind because mm-hmm. we had drop baskets, we had hand lines, we had cast nets, and we had fishing poles. So if one thing wasn't hitting, we were on the next thing. And so we were just moving and moving from one thing to the next, and all this life were taken out of the water. And I'm just like, I mean, that's like dizzying, you know? <laughs> and uh, we go home, I go home, make all, start cooking this food. Also, I used to cook back in the day lost my inspiration somewhere as soon as i started catching it i'm like okay i'm gonna go home i'm gonna cook these crabs i'm gonna do, i'm gonna cook the shrimp i'm gonna do this and so i'm at the house i'm cooking all the food feed my family feed my wife and then all that happiness kind of turned to anger <laughs> and i called my mama and i was fussing with her on the phone and i was like why you never take me crabbing before and i felt like i felt like they had done like a disservice to me like it was like all this joy and then all the my head just started spinning like <laughs> Well, wait a minute. Who's responsible for not taking your crap in? And everybody blames their mom. I sure enough, I called her right on the phone. And uh, she says, uh, Tia, everybody has their season. She said, I guess it wasn't your season yet. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty much like you get it when you get it. <laughs> and I laughed at her. but And then we started laughing. But then I started crapping all the time after that. But that's what happened that day. I lost my mind next to the water that day. Could not believe it. What kind of work were you doing to make ends meet prior to starting your business? I was a bartender. I mean, I've worked in food and beverage for 20 years. I started out washing dishes to a line cook to a head server to a bartender to a bar manager. And, you know, the last bar that I worked at was in Park Circle, uh, the mill. And I was bartending there and one of the um, and part uh, bar manager there. You have such an amazing story of success, but you have overcome some obstacles. And you, you talked about a really difficult time about five years ago before you started your business and before um, your cousin introduced you to crabbing. Well, I mean, I was actually trying to make some personal changes on my own. Like before I even lost the weight, like that's what all started is I quit smoking cigarettes. I was like, I've smoked for 20 years. I'm fed up. I, I feel, I was like, I'm not feeling good. I know this has something to do with it. I'm going to quit smoking. And it was just a struggle. I tried to quit smoking so many times before I actually succeeded this, before I had success this time. And so um, 
I quit smoking and I thought I was doing something good for myself. And then my body was reacting in a negative way from it. And uh, that's what caused me to go through that process of um, hospitals to national allergies to realistic people. And um, yeah, I started losing this weight. But when I went to this lady, the holistic lady I went to, she's the one that helped me. You know, I went to the hospital three times. They just gave me steroids. And then they eventually said, we can't give you any more steroids. They sent me to national allergy. They tried, but everything that they suggested wouldn't work wasn't working and one lady there said go talk to this other lady and so i go talk to this woman and their only thing i know is that she's a holistic pa which doesn't mean any or an np i didn't know Mm -hmm. even what any of those things meant Mm -hmm. and i go into this appointment and tell this lady how i'm feeling she starts she's like okay this is what i want you to do i want you to come go get labs and then come back and talk to me in two days and so I went and got these labs and went back feeling awful sitting in this lady's room and she takes this piece of paper out and I guess it's the labs and she goes, it looks like this, this, let's tweak this, let's do this. And she starts all changing all this stuff that, but for me, it was crazy because I went to doctors before her and they couldn't figure it out. She wasn't technically a doctor, but her idea of treating me was to do blood, do labs to figure out what was going on exactly inside of me and then start changing. And then she was like, this elimination diet, let me try that. So we did that, and then that's where the weight started coming off, and then I started feeling better. And then that's where she goes, now you need to start trying to get some kind of physical activity in your life. But before then, I was a heavy drinker, a heavy smoker, and I did not care about anything that I put inside my body. I honestly like lived my life a certain way like to keep people out. Um, I kind of tell my guests sometimes on the dock because they're always like, you're so full of life, you're so happy. And I'm like, well, things, reasons that that is now. The other place that I work didn't have windows. I get to be outside every single day. I'm mentally, I, I nurture, I feed and work hard for my mental health. Like thing, Like I work hard on the food that I'm putting in my body to make my brain feel better. Like, I pay attention to things that I didn't pay attention to. It wasn't like I just like came outside and felt better. No, like it's hard work. <laughs> but I also know like, you know, back in when I was younger, I did hard drugs. I gave my got myself off of that. And quitting smoking cigarettes for me, besides everything else, was one of the hardest things that I had to try to achieve. And, you know, I just it was beating me up. And I knew that it had a lot to do with why I wasn't feeling good, you know, and I just knew it had to go. And uh, when I started taking care of myself is when I really started becoming the Tia that I am now. Like, the person that I was before was a shell of a person. Like, I mean, I would not have cared if I lived or died. I just flat out wouldn't have. And I didn't enjoy living. I felt like all I was doing was busting my butt for, like, this mediocre life. And, like, you know, I could never really, like, be myself either, you know? Mm -hmm. And the other thing is... I was always living this life to, like, be whoever I had to be for somebody else. Like, this is the first time, like, Crabbin's like, no, you can actually be yourself, be happy in yourself. You can work and make a living mm-hmm. being happy, you know? Like, and it's like all this stuff started coming to light. And so because I felt so bad and what was going on before, 
when Crabbin started bringing all this positive stuff in my life, I just started latching on to it. That's incredible. So how did you come up with the idea to give others this amazing experience in nature and on the water? Uh, I didn't. (laughs) Okay. I did not. I was still being that person that was in food and beverage for 20 years and didn't think that people were nice and I didn't want them into anything. My, My fishing buddy, Robbie, took a picture that I posted the name casual crabbing with tia he created a facebook page he sent me the link i kind of thought he was joking and the the thing said robbie made you an administrator of this page (laughs) and then there were all these notifications and these people were like can i come crabbing will will you take me where are you crabbing at i got family coming to town in a week can we come and i was like no (laughs) (laughs) i absolutely not no way you know and so i told these people no um, for almost, I think just under a year, my wife and I tracked back that I just, I didn't because I was happy for the first time, like real joy. Like I know that now. And that's why I was like, I went into protect mode. I was like, I am happy. How can I stay happy? Bring other people in? No way. <laughs> that's just exactly what I thought. And so, um, a friend of mine finally got me to take talked me into taking him and his brothers out and I did that and all that did was just show me that the stuff that I thought that I'd made up all the negative stuff I was telling myself that was going to happen wasn't happening like it didn't happen during that experience that's all I learned from that and um then another uh an old customer from the bar sent me this link one day uh through that Facebook page that Robbie started for Airbnb experiences And um, I showed that link to my wife and told her I was not going to do it. And then she started typing it up and she typed up my entire Airbnb experience and submitted it to Airbnb. And then they accepted it. And I I remember when she goes, can I submit it? She said, all I got to do is hit this to submit it. And um, we laugh now because I said to her, just do it, Katie. Nobody wants to go crap that's what I said. Just do it because nobody wants to go crabbing. And then they accepted it. And then I started getting these bookings and taking people out. And then within three months on their platform, uh, they were flying me out to San Francisco and told me I was one of the top four exceptional hosts in their market. And uh, that's kind of where everything started, but it hasn't stopped. <laughs> you know, everybody talks about like, like, I didn't believe it. I was like, well, I'm not inventing anything. Like, whatever this is, is going to be short-lived. And here we are five years later, and I'm still doing interviews, and my life still feels like, you know, a dream, really. I was so shocked. I got to San Francisco, and I was the only person from the United States that was there. Wow. There was somebody there from Japan, Italy, and South Africa, and me. And they had us there, like, they said, you're the... You guys are the most exceptional hosts in this experience platform world. Well, experiences had only launched in the States for a few months. Like, you know, like they were out of the country for, that's where they started it. They were, before they brought it to the U.S., they had it out of the country. Um, And so this was, everything was going really fast for me. But what was crazy is I didn't know anything about Airbnb. I'd never stayed in one. I'd never <laughs> taken an experience. This was the when they flew me out there, it was the first time I ever stayed in an Airbnb. And when I went out there, they took us on Airbnb experiences and 
you know, that was the first time I was really experienced in this world. I was still managing my bar. I was still managing the mill in Park Circle. Like, I remember going to the owner and going, hey, uh, so I was doing this thing, and now these people want to fly me out, and now I have to take a whole week off in the middle of one of our busy seasons, you know? But I was still managing my bar, and I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. But, you know, I was out there for a week, and when I got out there, um, I had over third. I had a bunch of five star reviews at a hundred, like a hundred percent. Like we still got it today. We have almost six hundred five star reviews on their platform without anything else. Like I don't know why. I love what we're doing, but I still feel like statistically there should be more in there, right? <laughs> and and Tia, um, you, there's no advertising anywhere. It's all word of mouth. We're one of the top experiences here in the state, and. Um, honestly, COVID hit and Airbnb shut down and then I booked my website, I built my website out and, uh, you know, today the guests are like, oh, we heard about you on TikTok or like, you know, I got back here and there's articles, like there's been stuff on People and Forbes and Southern Living and, you know, I love that everybody wants me to tell my story and I love that I get the chance to tell the story and, you know, honestly, it brings me a lot of pride, like growing up in downtown Charleston, like I've worked in bars, yeah, but now I'm doing something that makes me really, really proud of my hometown and who I am as a person and my family and like my culture. And, you know, it's like for the first time I know that I'm actually where I'm supposed to be. You have described, um, you know, going crabbing, the word that's come up several times in our conversation is this is an experience. Can you describe that? It's more about them building their own bond with the water. That's what it is. It's me helping to facilitate. Yeah, the crabbing's part of it. But some people find their joy just standing next to the water with a rod in their hand. Some people go up there and I teach them how to do the cast net and they never go back to crabbing because they just want to now put this net all over and over again because it's so freeing, you know. Um, and it's not always just crabbing. That's what it is. It's about their bond with the water. They won't look at the water the same. Next time they get close to water, they're going to have that memory about what they did when they were in Charleston. Next time they go to the store and they see shrimp or crabs, they're going to think about that experience and that bond with the water. Next time they see trash floating in it and they go clean it out. That's what it's about. And that's what I think brings me joy. That people, people even asked me at one point, they were like, do you think you can crab every day? Do you think you can really crab every day? And I was like, at first I was like, yeah, and I don't even know if that's really the case. I know I can watch other people crab every day. And I know it does not get old to watch kids catch their first, uh, their first fish or to watch somebody who is truly frightened to death of a crab. And then I teach them how to pick it up. And then they're by themselves fighting, grabbing these crabs off the dock. You know, um, when it first started, it was like this, you know, just like, yeah, we're crabbing and I'm taking people crabbing. But now I'm taking people on the journey. I When they come there, I make them put their phones down. Nobody has their phone with them. You know, like what other experience? You're getting lost for two and a half hours. I make people get lost next to the water, you know. And I, it's, it's really cool because we try to control so much stuff in our lives, but we ain't got control over none of it. And as much as we think we know, most of the time we don't even know what we're talking about. People will come out there and they're like, oh, I'm going to book this. My son's going to love it. And my daughter is not going to. And then the daughter is so into it. And the parents are just going, I've never seen them like this. Um, I've never seen them like this, you know? And I'm like, of course you haven't. <laughs> of course you haven't. When have you let them get out? And when, when is their phone away from them that they're right. in nature and they're outside and they're getting lost? When's the last time that happened, you know? 
Wow, I love that. Get lost. Put the phone down for two and a half hours. Yeah. As soon as they get to me, I want your phone down. I want everything. I'm taking them on this journey. So, Tia, when are we going to have our crabbing experience? <laughs> I want you to come crabbing with me. You got a date. You just named the day. I am there. I'm ready. I'll have my gear. <laughs> I'm, you, I'll come. I'll come to your spot. But I want you, you and Jimmy, come down on the dock with me. Come take my experience. I'll show y'all what I do. We are going to take you up on that. Thank you again, Tia. I really appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Let's Talk. Let's Talk is produced by Eric Johnson. I'm the host, Carolyn Murray. We welcome your comments and advice on our podcast, so please write a review and share the link with others. Thanks again for listening to Let's Talk. Goodbye until the next time. Mm-hmm.